0: Well, hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Tips and Tales podcast. I'm your host Robert Poe, and as always, I'm here with trainer and author George DeCosta. How you doing, George?
1: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: Doing good. It's been uh, it's been a little bit too longer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the last time that we got together was in February. It is now the beginning of July. Uh, and for me, I know that it's definitely been the, you know, we brought home our, our son right before we recorded the last one. And then, man, life just has, has kept coming at me. <laughs> Time flies
1: when you have a new child in the family. Yeah. Right. Well,
0: yeah. When you have a new child and then your car breaks down oh, and then, yeah. you know, you do all those things that just, it's just life.
1: Well, I got this new child here, Sackett that's hanging out by me, but I think I got him the day before our last, uh, mm-hmm. he's part of the family now and he's, a. Uh, He's a fun little pup. He's an active little boy. I think he's going to be a real good one.
0: How how old is he now?
1: He's I think a year and four months or a year and five months now. Okay, but so still
0: him. still very much a puppy.
1: He's a real active active guy, um, and that's all right. I like that. And I don't know how much he was hunted because remember I took him back. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll I'll get a lot of hunting him with him this year, and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Well, and you've and you've done at least a little bit of traveling you know you just got back from Alaska recently
1: yeah I did I had a, a wonderful trip I go uh every year to Alaska my friend Matt uh roster who also has a couple of dogs in our line uh he's got a drift boat and a boat, and he takes me out salmon fishing and trout fishing and everything and uh I always have a great time there this time we had a day that was just just wild we started out and and uh And we got a shower because his cabin is out, out, out and never, never land. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's an outhouse and stuff like that. So we went into town, got a shower, dropped off our laundry and went to launch in the Kenai River. And all of a sudden I see Matt yelling, go, go, I got to go, I got to go. And he's ripping stuff off of the boat and he goes, a boat just flipped, three people in the water. And I, I... Oh, the, man. Yeah, I take the truck up, and Matt jumps in. It's a rowboat because you don't, can't have a motor on this part of the Kenai. And mm-hmm. So he rows off, and I pull the truck up, and I run to the check-in shack, and I say, three people in the water, boat, boat flipped, and they sound the horn, and emergency goes. And Matt takes off one way, and I run over to where I see two people swimming out of the... Uh, out of the water, those two had life vests on. They had to swim out some trees, and then there's one guy who's at, caught in a tree upside down with no life vests, Oof. wrapped around the tree. Um, the emergency team starts coming out. There was a couple of fishing game guys, and and they threw on some waders. I already had waders on, and they jumped in, put a rope around him, and he was just stuck. I mean, in, in the water, hanging mm-hmm. on to a tree, and uh, they finally got him to to. Feel comfortable about letting go because the the Kenai River right now is as high as I've ever seen it going over there, and Matt says probably as high and as quick as he's ever seen it. So it was pretty, pretty going pretty fast. So. They let him go, and I reached down. He grabbed onto my arm. I told him to hang on. There's a couple of people behind me, and they grabbed onto me, and we did the one, two, three, and yanked him out of the water. And uh, it was pretty crazy. Wow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that is pretty crazy. And
1: ambulance showed up, took him away. He had hypothermia. And then and then we fished all day, and we go back to the cabin, and we're driving up, and two brown bears, which are actually grizzly bears, they call them brown bears, uh, yeah. are at his cabin, and the, ripped up the garbage, which didn't have any food in it, ripped up his barbecue, and they walked off. And so after that event, we just kind of spent the night having a couple of drinks by the fire trying to, trying to <laughs> yeah,
0: just kind of going, wow, what a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: In fact, it's going to be in my next book. I'm, I'm, my next book is going to be a bunch of short stories. Every chapter is going to be a short story and, I mean, one was going to be Alaskan, Alaskan Memories, and I'll have a number of other stuff in there. But that day is going to be in there for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely
0: one that you're probably never going to forget. Yeah.
1: No, I'll never forget that one. Never forget that. <laughs> and I've been working with a whole lot of dogs. I think I'm up to about 19 now. And, and as we were talking a while back, um, I'm getting a lot of people that are coming to me just prior to a test um, mm-hmm. and just uh, to have a, a challenge with their dog or something's going on. I, a guy, Sherman Murray trains with me a lot here and has his own clients, but he helps me a lot. And he was saying the other day, he was talking to another friend of our Frank, Frank Puccio and he was saying, you get all the problem child. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> who got a problem comes to you and that's okay. Cause I like, I like, uh, I like working with, with uh, pups and their owners and seeing if we can't, you know, correct something and when it when it does when they start working it's it's really great
0: Mm -hmm. well and a lot of those you were mentioning are like the kind of the last tune-up before a test where it's okay i'm ready for the test except for this
1: yeah i had a real unfortunate one the other day i just just saddens my heart A, a lady called me and she said my dog won't point i'm getting ready to test and it was like two weeks before the test or three weeks before the test she goes, I wonder if I can come see you. I'm having a problem with pointing. So I said, sure, come on out. So Sherman was here, and we worked with the dog for one session, about I think an hour and a half or so, our 15 minutes, hour and a half. And we got the dog pointing fairly well, you know. Mm. And uh, and she said, well, what do you think? So I gave her some homework to do, and uh, she did her homework. And, and then she goes, should I come back? I said, yeah, come back a few days before the test, and we'll just do see what goes on. And she came back. She had done her homework real well, and the dog was excited. The dog rocked it, pointed like pointed really well and and uh she said the dog was a good tracker and was swimming pretty well and uh uh, so i wasn't at the test but sherman is the test director and he called me and was letting me know what was going on. And, and unfortunately, the dog didn't pass because it didn't track. I was like, oh, no. How did it point? And he goes, oh, rock the <laughs> it points, foreign pointing. It has got four and pointing, four and search, four and everything out in the field. Rocked it. And I, go, I was like, oh, shoot. She came <laughs> to me for the pointing and then it didn't track. But tracking's always a roll of the dice, you know. Something yeah, can yeah. happen. And th- that just happens, you know. Uh,
0: well, and so. like and like I remember you mentioning in an earlier podcast that you know that doesn't necessarily mean that that's not going to be a great dog. No, that it's you know that's that's one day, one time that it's it just didn't perform that time. Yeah,
1: I'll give you some insight on, and I probably talked about this earlier. I know we got a lot talked about, but uh, talk about. But I um, I when I look at a a. a a test score when i'm looking at pedigrees of a dog i actually like a dog that has a, a ding in cooperation in the na and also a ding in tracking is is something that's pretty good to me you know people say well i want a 112 dog well i all these dogs right here i think are 112 dogs um but if i see a ding in tracking or ding in cooperation or a ding in both maybe a 106 or 108, 108 dog i actually like those dogs better because when they're that young the dog that has a lot of drive usually will take a ding in cooperation yep. and they'll also sometimes <sighs> blow the track because they've, they've, they get to the track and they start tracking and they go, well, I know about where this bird out is at. Boom. And off they go, you know, they, they go into a search. Um, so I don't mind seeing, seeing a ding in, in tracking and, and, you know, almost all, in fact, I won't say almost all dogs that point well, have a good nose, have a good desire that don't track well when they're young, they tr- usually track very well when they're older. Because what happens is you start hunting them, you start shooting birds, the bird goes down, the bird's still alive, they run out to pick the bird up, and the bird has moved, and they naturally mm-hmm. learn to track, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not long before those those dogs that didn't do well on tracking are doing great. So anyhow, um, yeah, I've got a guy coming in tomorrow from out of state. His dog is uh, getting ready for UT, and he's having a challenge with steadiness. So we're trying to, See what we can do. I'll assess it tomorrow morning, and we'll go from there. So, mm-hmm. my normal clients. Oh, well, my normal clients. That doesn't sound right. My clients, <laughs> my clients that are coming to me with a dog that is fresh, you know, just like we're going to introduce it to this and that, and yeah, get started. Yeah. Those are pretty much all done already, and they're just rocking it because they've got introduced to birds, introduced to gunfire, introduced mm-hmm. to water, introduced to pointing, introduced to searching, and the, most of those. I have a number of those. Um, I'm, I'm just telling them. Leave your dog for like three or three weeks at a time, come back for one session, another three weeks, come back for another session. We're just going to bone it up prior to, to hunting season because you don't hunt every day and most people don't hunt every yeah. week. So your dog's got to be able to retain that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's where we're at on those. And I have quite a few of those. So, anyhow, that's the story of my life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Well, it's a, it's a lot going on, it's all good stuff. Yeah,
1: I love it. I love it. No.
0: Well, today we are diving into what may end up being a two-parter. We'll kind of have to see how long this ends up going. Uh, the f- forced fetch, trained retrieve, that's got a, it feels like a million different names for it. Yep. Um, so yeah, so maybe let's just start with what do you think is a good way to, you know, obviously, I mean, we've talked some in previous episodes about the hold, because that's something that you kind of,
1: doing you, their puppy sometimes. Yeah, you, you yep.
0: talk about when they're a puppy and that can really set this up, but maybe let's talk a, a little bit about sort of what is your overall philosophy with it? Like why do you do it the way that you do it? Cuz there's a l- lot of different ways that I've heard that people do it. Yep. And and what might be an indication to somebody like, okay, this is going to be a really good thing to do with my dog.
1: Okay, good question. A lot a lot to it. Um I have some YouTube uh I have a YouTube channel, so I think I have five sessions of uh, Force Fetch out there. And over the years, I can't tell you how many people have called and thanked me and showed me videos of their dogs retrieving and, and things of that nature. Um, so it's a long process, and it's a process that I think is needed for some dogs, not all dogs. And I say that because um, let, let's kind of go into a couple of, couple of things here. One is... Um, Force fetch, in my opinion, is no different than any other command. You're asking your dog to retrieve an item to hand every time. If you ask your dog to sit, you want it to sit every time you tell it to sit, right? Mm-hmm. You ask mm-hmm. it to heal, you want it to heal every time. If you want ask it to woe or command it to woe, you want it to woe every time. Force fetch is no different than any other command. You're asking your dog to comply, and you want to use the technique that gets your go- dog to comply every single time. The difference is force fetch is an elongated um, command. I actually like to call it three or four commands. So I break it down mm-hmm. so that you're training the dog to hold. You're training the dog to reach out and grab something. You're training the dog to walk with it. Then you're training the dog to go out and get it and bring it back. So a few steps at a time. Um, it's not just the sit. It might be training sit, heel, and whoa. But you can train all three of those and put them together, yeah, right? Yeah, right. You know, or recall, you know, whoa and sit. So you train your dog for a recall to come to you, and then the dog gets to you, and you say whoa, and it stops, and then you tell the dog to sit, and it sits. That's three commands that you train, but it's one process. Here, whoa, sit. Well, my force fetch is basically that we're training the dog to hold mm-hmm. so we'll carry it or reach out and get it and then there to retrieve it. And we'll go into that a little more um as as we talk. Um I I will say that for most people force fetch might be something they don't need. For instance, you have a, a lot of people who hunt with their dog, and their dog's are natural retrievers. And I can tell you, every dog that I've been working with lately that have, has come to me from the start, they're all retrieving all the way because... We did the right stuff to begin with. We let them pick it up. We let mm-hmm. them carry it around. We let them hold it. We, when they got to us, we we you know praised them and petted them, and then maybe yeah, took more Yeah, They weren't it.
0: afraid that you weren't just going yeah, to take it immediately. Yeah. So away from they're
1: them. holding that burden, running around, and and Sackett. I've been working with Sackett here. Just I've had like two or three sessions with him, and he brings the bird back every time. Now, many hunters, if their dog brings the bird back to them, ninety percent of the time, or maybe brings it back three feet from them and sits it down, that's absolutely fine for them. Mm-hmm. They don't need to have that bird brought into hand and delivered to hand every time. And, and, and so if that's what people are looking for, and that's what they're ha they have with their pup and they're happy of their dog, that's great. You know? Um, but when you, when you start testing your dog at a higher levels, you know, like the imitational, you know, master hunter, uh, um, UT dogs and things of that nature in some field trials, you have to have that dog bring it to hand every time. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I can guarantee you, even a natural retriever at some time is going to get fired up because there's another dog in the field, or maybe two or three, and it doesn't want to lose the birds that might be out there. And it'll drop a bird and turn around and take off to start its hunting again. It's, mm-hmm. At some point in time, it's going to happen. If it happens at the wrong time, it you know it could be bad for testing. And I do a lot of guided hunting, a lot of guided hunting. And, you know, you have a dog goes out through trees, bird comes back three quarters of the way, sits it down, the bird runs off because it's not, it's not, you know, that's unethical to see. And it's not good for, you know, your clients that you're, that you're guiding for, or a child that's got its first bird or what have mm-hmm. you, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in those, in those circumstances, you might want to first force fetch your dog. Um, I, I think I'd like to tell people that force fetch, it's my understanding didn't come from retrievers a lot of people think it came from you know people working with labs and retrievers and things of that nature initially it it, again this is my understanding um, initially it came from people that had dogs that didn't retrieve naturally like a setter or a pointer and Mm -hmm. they wanted their dog to retrieve um, and that's where force fetch was developed now remember that most of those dogs are strong-minded dogs you take a an uh, English Setter or a Pointer, um, and you can almost do anything to that dog. And you take a two by four f- to it in, in the field, and it's not going to take the drive out of those dogs.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, because their their drive is just so
1: high. Yeah, so high, and their pointing is so high. They might not swim very well. They might not retrieve very well. They might do, but their drive—you're not going to take the bird drive out of them, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, yeah. so some of the techniques that were used to get those dogs to uh, retrieve every time. Um, retrieve on command, as some people would say now, um, was was pretty harsh. Um I use the techniques that just in like all my training, force fetch is no different than any other of my training, is I use the technique that works with the dog and I start at the lowest possible pressure. Mm-hmm. And when the dog complies, I give it a reward, make it happy and, and, you know, try to get, try to get it to want to learn, to learn. Yeah, force, yeah. force fetch is no different than that. I, I tell a story and my son, Nick is sitting here in the corner. Um, he's here from uh, UC Davis home from, from college. And I tell this to a lot of my clients in dealing with even steadiness. Um, you know, when I talk about steadiness, we've talked about steadiness. I I teach the dog to woe, and then I then I have a woe, and then I throw out birds and things of that nature, and do all that without them pointing first, so they don't have all the pressure on them. Same thing with force fetch. I use what I think will take the minimum pressure, minimum amount of pressure to get the dog to comply. And each dog is different. Now everybody's heard me say this, uh, you know, a number of times. Anyway, what what I say is. Um, And we'll use steadiness and force fetch. Some people in steadiness, they take their dog dog out there and they have a knee collar on them and and they do stop to flush. When the bird flies, they whack them with with a... they don't say, whoa. they don't say anything. They whack them with an the e-collar, which makes the dog go, whoa, what the heck was that? Right. Makes mm, them stop. Yeah, and it yeah. teaches them stop to flush. When they go on point and that bird flushes away, if the dog moves, they whack them with an the e-collar again. Okay. So they just, just whack, you know, now you that does work and it works well with a lot of dogs. I, I've seen it work very well with a lot of dogs, but on some dogs it won't work well because you know, they might shut down on you. And on some dogs it works well, but they don't like you too much. Right? I, and the test, <laughs> I see this all the yeah. time. I was at a UT test not too long ago where a gentleman I know trains like that, and his dog would not do. But it basically ate the bird out there in the field because it knew you don't have a collar on me. You can't do anything to me right now. Guess what? Screw you.
0: Right. <laughs> Which again um, goes back to the conversation about proper introduction of the e collar. But
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he was. They use it. Some people use it in that manner for for, and they do it again with with force fetch. They'll use a heavy e collar, or they'll use a cap in the ear, or a pinch, or a toe mm-hmm. toe pinch, or whatever, and they'll go right to that. And again, it works. In many dogs, some dogs doesn't, some dogs it shuts down and some dogs it works and they don't like you for it again. Um,
0: yeah, and yeah.
1: I, you know, the, 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 what I say is I've got four sons I got four sons and, um, uh, my son, my son, David, my oldest son, he's, he's just always been an easy kid. And if I tell him don't go out the front door. He'll just go, okay, Dad, I won't go out the front door. You said, to I won't, right? And that's all I have to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got another son, Nick, who's sitting in the corner. He'll debate me. If I say go out the front door, he'll go, why Why can't I go out the front door? And I'll well, because there's stuff out front I want you to step in. Well, I can walk around that stuff. So there'll be a little bit of a mm-hmm. you know push. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, you can't go out the front door because of this. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. Okay? Um Daniel I'll say don't go out the front door and and he'll go maybe go okay dad and he'll try to go out the front door <laughs> he'll and I you know I might have to get a little forceful Daniel I told you not to go out the front door don't go out the front door okay and that might take a couple times so I've yeah, got to increase yeah. the pressure right mm-hmm. Michael I'm going to say don't go out the front door and Michael's going to go out the front door. I'm going to have to grab <laughs> by his collar, and you know that's when I have to use the e-collar on a high level for Michael to not. It's going to be I mean, if you go out that front door again, I'm taking your phone away from you. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. So four boys from the same family react totally differently to the same command or what I'm asking them to do. Same thing with dogs. Mm-hmm. You can have a number of dogs that that if you. If you take and whack them on the head to not go out the front door or nail them with an e-collar, yeah, they won't. They won't. They might take that item and they might not break at the flesh of a bird, but they're not going to like you very much. And yeah, there was yeah. no reason to do that. They might even shut down when it might have been that puppy that all you had to say was don't go out the front door. And they go, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Same
1: thing with force fetch. So, yeah.
0: And, and just kind of building, continuing to build on that philosophy of. You want the the dog to really enjoy what they're doing.
1: Yes, yes, but there is the word forced fetch and yeah. forced fetch. So there's going to mm-hmm. be a time that it has to be forced.
0: Yeah, because um, well, and I think I'm if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, you talked about how I think it's CK that wouldn't if he if he didn't have to, he would never go pick up a duck.
1: That is correct. CK hates ducks.
0: Yep, yep. (laughs) but he'll go. He'll go do it for you.
1: Oh, he'll pick up every duck I send him to. Yeah, but he'll he'll pick it up and bring it back. But you know, it's like I'll do it. I'll do it. But it's not his thing to do. Now you put him up in a in an upland field, and he'll retrieve every chucker, pheasant, hun, sharp tail, Mm -hmm. sage grouse, hand with a tail wagon and and ready to go again. That's just his forte. You know, Um, yeah. So so that's what it is. Um, So force fetch in my opinion, um, is broken down to a, a few things to do. Mm-hmm. And I like to do it um, where I'm sitting down next to the dog. I used to use a table to do it, and you can do that. There's a lot of different ways to train, as you heard me say before. But I like to do it sitting right next to the puppy on a chair for a couple of reasons. One is if the item drops, you're going to have to pick it up and put it back in, in the dog's mouth. And if I'm hmm. sitting on a chair, it drops, it usually drops right by my feet. And I pick it up and put it there. Sometimes when you're using a table, it drops and bounces and rolls off the table. Yeah. And, you're yeah. on. and the other reason is when you're working at a table, you usually have like a, a lead that holds your dog up. So it's standing up on the table and it can't jump off the table. So you have a lead that holds it there and the dog's standing up. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a transition. That's why I don't use a woe table anymore. Remember I talked to you, I don't use a woe yeah, table because yeah. I wore my dog all over on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's always been woed on the ground. And so there's no transition. Well, many times from taking it from a, from a table down to the ground, it's a whole different feeling for the pup. And, yeah. and you might have a little adjustments there. Well, if I'm sitting there working with a pup that's standing next to me while I'm sitting on a chair, I don't have to deal with that. It's just just part of the everyday deal. It's on the ground already. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I do. I do is I work with them sitting right next to me. And if you look at my videos, you'll see that. Um, we talked about hold earlier on. We said we do a fun game of hold and we don't force it. Kind of like just shaking hands. Or or bark, you know, sp- mm-hmm. speak when the dog barks, and that's the, just a play thing. If you've done that with a puppy when it's very young, you've got you you've got a jump start yeah. on on yeah. force fetch because that's the first thing I do. Um, many times I will take a a glove to start with. And I'll put a leather glove in, and I'll just put my glove in the dog's mouth and kind of mm-hmm. hold its jaw and just say hold, hold. And the dogs don't like it, and then or the pups don't like it, and then they'll just. They'll, try to spit it out and you just hold on to them and then when they calm down and they you say hold, hold and then when I take the glove out I, I give my command I say give and I give them a treat and they're like oh that wasn't all that bad right mm-hmm. um, so I'll, I'll do I'll start with the glove sometimes um, and then I'll go right to a wooden a wooden doll um, and uh, um, I like to use the wooden doll because uh, I start with a wooden doll and then I go to a P- PVC pipe and then I go to a paint roller that feels more like a bird and then I go to a bumper and then I go to a And then I go to a bird. Mm -hmm. Um, And let me say something here. There's a lot of people who train force fetch who say, don't say fetch. Don't play fetch with your dog. Don't let your dog try to fetch a bird. Don't say anything to your dog or try to get him to retrieve or anything while you're going through force fetch. That's not what I do. If you remember... and. All my training's based on kind of the domino effect, right? We learn this in the early stage so that when we get to the more advanced stage, it's easier. It folds yeah. into there's place. There's
0: already a foundation. It makes sense.
1: Right. So remember we talked about when when we shoot a bird and the dog's going out there, we always say fetch every mm-hmm. time. Or when yep. I throw a bumper to play, I always say fetch. So the dog knows already that that fetch means go out to get something or at least go out to it. Now we'll introduce hold. We may have we may have done hold as a puppy, but now we're going to introduce hold with the fetch as we go through force fetch. So, force fetch should be completely uh, distant or away from your field work or anything else you're doing. It should be distanced. You you don't want to have any tie to field work and or um, anything else that you're doing other than force fetch. I don't do force fetch at the ranch. I don't do it in a field. I do it at home or someplace else. I don't want anything that relates to force fetch that has to do with birds or hunting or things of that nature. And for playing fun with a bumper or anything like that. So if you, if, you, um, if you do force fetch away from everything and you're not trying to get your dog until the end of force fetch is completed. You're not trying to get your dog to hold or comply until it's completed. You can do the same fetch that you've been doing the entire time. You can do fetch in the um in the uh hang on just a second. Nick, put him in the Um you can you can do force fetch we're, we're we're putting dogs up right now. Tell him <laughs> yeah. tell him crate. Tell him kennel. CK crate. There we go. I got my, I got my dog handler wrangling, wrangling some pups here. Um,
0: yeah, that's, so, that's always the challenge when you've got multiple dogs around. Yeah, we've got three here sitting around our feet. <laughs> and, it's, and it's hot enough that you, can't, you yeah. don't just want to leave them outside yeah. at this point.
1: Um, so you can do the fetch and you can play with a bumper and you can do all the stuff that you normally do while you're going through force fetch as long as you don't try to implement force fetch into the field and to a bumper until force fetch is completely done they shouldn't even associate it with it so i use a wooden dowel to start my force fetch and um, i do the same thing that we do when we start with the hold um, as a puppy that we talked about i put the put the dowel up to the dog's mouth and i kind of roll it on its lip and have it open its mouth and just put my hands over the dog's mouth bottom and top over its muzzle and say hold hold and i hold it just for a couple seconds and then i you can say drop or give whatever and then i and then i say give and i take the doll away this usually works really fast one of the things i'm going to mention here is you've heard me say that i don't use a lot of treats i always use treats in force fetch mm-hmm. and it might be really good treats it might be pieces of chicken it might be pieces of steak it might be something the reason is you're going to be applying some pressure on your pup and, um, I want the delivery to be positive at all aspects of dealing with force fetch or a bird later on. And I want some positiveness during the process of force mm-hmm. fetch. Yeah. Yeah. So when I just had a guy that was doing force fetch, uh, a friend of mine, Jim, and his dog is rocking it. He has actually CK's brother and he was using hot dogs and he said, you wouldn't believe how fast this dog this dog took, <laughs> took, took, took the yeah. force fetch. Um, so I always use a treat. So I will, I will hold the dog's muzzle just for a short while, then let go, take it away. And then I'll give the dog a treat. Um, I will continue to do that. That's the first step. And I might be my first couple of sessions will just be getting the dog to hold longer and longer and longer and longer just with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and,
0: and, and with that, cause you talked about the progression of the glove, wooden dowel, uh-huh. PVC pipe, is that. Like, are you introducing those, like a new one each session as you go with that? Maybe maybe talk us through a little bit about that, that progression and how you bring that in. So
1: I will not use, I will do the Tao the, the to mm. get it to hold, Okay. to get it to reach, to get it to pick it up off the ground, to get it to heal with it, to get it to hold it and then walk to me, to get it to go out and pick it up. Okay. All the way. Okay. Through. Then I would go to the PVC. Gotcha.
0: Okay. And, so you're, it's not like you're bring introducing each of those every, like step. Right. You go through the whole thing with the wooden dowel. Correct. And then okay. And
1: okay. then with the PVC, and then with the paint roller, and then to a bumper. And if you think about it, a wooden dowel is soft. Dogs like to chew sticks, right? They like to mouth it, right? Mm -hmm. So wooden dowel is is kind of soft. They'll take it easier. They'll hold on to it easier. Um, And you get them through the entire process. And then you go to a PVC pipe. Now, that's plastic, cold, hard. Okay. So now they have to, but you've already introduced everything to them. So they know what to do. Yeah. Okay. And so you give them something that's uncomfortable. And then you go to a paint roller, which feels kind of like a bird kind of soft and fuzzy right Mm -hmm. and and so that's a good transfer to get into working towards a bird then i go to a bumper then i go to a bumper with a wing on it and then i go to a bird it's kind of my process but i do each one all the way through first okay gotcha so uh i get them to hold with my hands on the on the muzzle get them to hold for longer and longer longer then i get them to where i take off the muzzle take excuse me take my hands off the muzzle off of their muzzle Off their face. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm sure people (laughs) understand. Um, So I've got my hands, one on the top, one on the bottom. I'm having them hold the dowel for a little while, and then I let go, give them a treat. And I do it a little longer, a little longer, a little longer. Then I take my hands off, and I'll just take my hands off for a short, maybe two seconds. Hold, hold, and then give them a treat. My hands are off. Then I'll get to where they hold longer and longer and longer. Now, sometime they're going to drop that dowel. And as soon as they do, you got to reach back and put it right in their mouth and hold them by the muzzle and say, no, hold. Now, remember we said no was a command? Mm-hmm. So when they dropped it and you say no, you're telling them, no, don't do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you're putting it back in their mouth and you say hold, you're telling them to hold it, which they now kind of know because you've, you've taught them how to hold by holding their, their mouth closed or muzzle closed. So my command is no, hold, and I put it back in their mouth and I, I enforce it. That usually is really fast. Usually, I, I do it at clinics a lot where I get a dog to hold by, by putting my hands on their muzzle. Then I take my hands away. And usually in a clinic, in 10 minutes or so, I've got a, a puppy that will usually hold fairly well. Mm-hmm. I will caution you here. Even though you think your pup is doing it well, like in that 10-minute process that I just talked about, you want to make sure it's 100% done before you move to the next step. So you want to make sure that the dog holds it with your hands on it doesn't fight you you want to make sure your dog holds that with your hands off of it for a long time before you go to the next step Mm -hmm. because um, you want it to make the mistakes in the early steps to correct it rather than going halfway through or feeling you got it and moving to the next step because then when they start making those mistakes and they don't understand you you don't have the foundation built properly you got to go all the way back to the beginning. Almost everybody I have that has a problem with force fetch has missed a step, or they they've sh- done a shortcut in the step. And I go go back to the beginning, mm-hmm. start all over. Um, so you want to make sure that you can have your dog do the entire process well before you move to the next step.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that that's maybe I, I'm trying to. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but just the that idea of and may, um, maybe it was talking when we were talking about intro to birds and gunfire that you'd rather take it way slower than you need to to begin with than to go too fast and mess it up.
1: Absolutely. That's the same in all my training because yeah. Yeah. to fix a problem is way harder <laughs> than it than is it to is. just do it right. Just do it right. Right. Yep. Yep. Good point. Good point. So after I get them to where they'll they'll just hold the item, um, with my hands off of them for as long as I want. And then I say, hold, I say, hold, good boy, good girl, hold, good boy, good girl, okay, Yeah,
0: so you do keep, like, when they're holding it for a long time, you yep. keep saying
1: it. I keep saying that because that's going to come into play later on. Okay. Uh, and I'll show you when we come when, when we get a little further. And also, I'm praising them. Remember earlier I said, get your dog where you can praise it during the during this compliance to command, because mm-hmm. if you're pra- praising it, it knows it's doing well. It's like, okay, good, I'm doing the right thing. A lot of dogs that don't get praised, when you praise them, they feel that's the end of the thing. So praise them, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so pray, I praise them. Good boy, good girl. Hold. Good boy, good girl. That's good boy. Hold, hold. If they drop it, no. Hold. Then I'm a little forceful, right? Mm-hmm. Hold it. And then when I get back, give is my command. Whatever you want. Some people say thank you, which I think is a great. I just learned that one a couple of years ago.
0: Actually, I... I say that to my dogs all the time when they comply.
1: Yeah. I yeah. just,
0: I just, say, thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's always been this positive thing. I actually had somebody that they heard me thank one of my dogs one time and they're like, do you think your dog understands you? I was like, yeah, actually I do. Yep, <laughs> I think that they understand that that is a positive thing. That means that they did exactly what I wanted them to.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I've, I've said that along the way, but I've never used thank you for my release command. And that's kind of a cool thing because when oh, you say yeah, thank yeah. you for the release, it's got a real positive intonation to it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and if yeah. you have been saying thank you, and like you say for some other stuff after it complies, it just kind of folds right in. I have never done it that way, but I know a couple people who do. And Dan Griffith was the one who told me about it a while back. And then I have a guy Levi who does it, and it's like that's pretty cool. But whatever command you use, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, um, works. So when I when I get that release. To me, I always have a treat, and I'm always real positive right after that. Yeah. Treat, get, good boy, good girl. And you want to make your sessions not too long on force fetch. Um, you mm-hmm. want to do it for a while, get the dog complying, get comfortable, and stop. And what I like to do when I'm doing force fetch, as soon as I'm done with the session, I do something fun. They like to throw a bumper, I throw a bumper. They like to rough house, roughhouse. rough house. They like to run in the field, we go in the field. Whatever turns that dog on, I want the end of the force fetch process to be, that was cool, mm-hmm. you know, let's go do yeah. something fun now, okay? Um, again, we're all, we're all, th- you're thinking like, if you're thinking like a puppy or a dog, if it learns to comply and life is better and it's enjoying itself and it's learned to learn, the whole process becomes a lot easier for everybody involved. And that's kind of the same thing we're doing in force fetch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I'm going too fast, you're me down. Cause I know there's a, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot. Oh no, no. Fetch. I th- I think
0: this is, it's all good.
1: Okay. So after I get them holding to where, um, they will hold an item for however long I want them to. And now they're just standing by my side or you can have them on a table or sitting. I usually don't do it sitting. I usually just have them next to me in the wall position, but you, you know, they do whatever, whatever feels comfortable to you. Then you got to get the dog reaching for the item. And this is when force fetch becomes the forced. And this is where it's gotten its bad name for some mm-hmm. really good reasons. Um, and, and, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say just like I was talking about my sons, how you use what works for each puppy or each dog or each child. Um, you do the same in force fetch and getting them to comply. I like to say you want to get them uncomfortable enough that it, that makes them want to do what you want them to instead of feel that uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it has to be pain or hard pain. Yeah, now, I'll go through some of, some of the techniques that work. Some people will use a slap under the, the, the jaw a couple of times, and pups will respond to that. Some will put a slip lead on the dog's neck and pull up on it, and as the dog takes the item, they'll release it, so they'll relieve the pressure. Some people will put a pronged collar on the dog and use mm-hmm. the prong. Uh, some people mm-hmm. will use a light stimulation of an e-collar. That's probably the one I use most when I get to it. Um, some some there's a throb on the ear where you grab the ear and it's kind of like massaging your palm. You're just kind of the dog's ears can be fairly sensitive, so if you're mm-hmm. just kind of massaging it gently, it bothers some some pups, um, and they'll that's their uncomfortableness. You can go higher from there. Some people will do a near squeeze where you squeeze that. And some, sometimes you go to an ear pinch. There's a couple of ways to do the ear, ear pinch. Some people use a pinch from the outside inside with their fingernails. Some people reach inside of the ear and pinch it with a, in, internally with their fingernails. Some, some trainers have used a bottle cap where they stick a bottle cap inside of the ear and use the corrugated edge of that bottle cap inside of the ear for the, for the pain. Now you're getting to some pain. Some, the old timers used to use a nail and they'd stick it in the air and press on the head of the nail. Mm -hmm. Some people would use a pair of pliers and stick it in there and, and, and grab it with a pair of pliers. And now people I know are cringing. They're going like, ouch, Mm -hmm. what are you talking about, buddy? I'm giving you all these things. And there's one other one, which is an ear bite and an ear bite comes from I told you a lot of, lot of, lot of dog training comes from horse training, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yep. in the olden days, and, and I know many Indians that did it, and other people who also have done it is they're trying to put a bit on a, on a horse, and it won't take the bit. They'll just reach over and bite the ear. And when they bite the ear, the, the horse is more concerned about somebody biting their ear than the bit, and the bit slides on. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So if you've used a ear pinch or a or a or a a nail or whatever, some people, when their dog won't comply, some trainers, some people, will actually bite the dog's ear in the field to make them comply because it's right there and they can enforce it. And that's what they've done <laughs> with their dog. I'm telling you all this for a couple of reasons. I think you, everyone out there should know the techniques that, that people use, trainers use, and force fetch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm telling you this because when you take a dog to a trainer to get force fetched, you don't know what technique that that trainer's going to use. Mm-hmm. And I am not saying don't take your your pup to uh, someone for for force fetch, but know that yeah. person. No no to, no really to ask the question,
0: well. how do you do this? Better
1: yet, n- have seen them do it or have somebody who's seen them do it or knows yeah. really yeah. well. There's mm-hmm. a couple of people, there's a lady here in Emmett that uh, I send my uh, clients. I don't do force fetch for clients anymore. I'm trying to cut back. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we keep hearing. George. Uh, and uh, she's real gentle Anna. Um, and there's two other people that I know that will do force fetch that I feel are pretty comfortable in, in doing it. Um, and so I'm not saying don't take your dog to a trainer. I'm not saying don't take your dog to a trainer for force fetch. What I'm saying is, is be sure, you know what mm-hmm. is going on when you do and, um, be aware that even if you think you do, sometimes you don't, um, I'm going to tell a little story here that, that just happened, um, you no, know, probably three months ago. It actually went viral a while back and it's a trainer here in Idaho that somebody took a video of and it, it was all over the internet and they see this guy out there in the field with a dog and he's trying to get the dog to fetch and he gets upset with the dog and he starts kicking the dog. And then he bends down and he grabs the dog and the dog starts screaming. Well, a lot of people that saw that, and I didn't post on it, but a lot of people that saw that said, oh, he's choking that dog to death. He's choking that dog. He wasn't choking the dog. He was biting the dog's ear to make it comply. And that's why it was screaming, but he was biting it hard. And yeah, then he was yeah. kicking the dog. And this dog, this guy was a... The trainer that trained, he had a whole website and had a, a lot of clients that were happy with him and things of that nature. The only reason I bring this up is when people talk about force-fetching or any other training, but force-fetching, ye, trainers, this is no reason for a trainer to do anything wrong, so please don't get me wrong. Trainers, professional trainers, in order to get clients, they have to show success in a fairly reasonable amount of time.
0: Yeah and, yeah
1: and many clients are putting pressure for a quick turnaround on, on their dogs mm-hmm. right and so many trainers will go to harder and harsher methods and techniques to get the dog complying faster
0: yeah because it's um, it's it's a little bit more of that it's what the the consumer aka the dog owner right wants which is speed not necessarily, Nice. <laughs> right,
1: right. And that's not what we want to do, and that's not what we're saying is appropriate. And don't get me wrong, again, there's a lot of really good dog trainers out there mm-hmm. who take yeah. your dogs. I'm just saying that there's there's times that you don't know what's happening to your dog, and there's yeah. trainers out there that aren't what they appear to be, and there's trainers out there that I just wouldn't let touch my dog, period. Um, but when you force-fetch your dog yourself, you can take as much time as you want. Mm-hmm. You can take... Six months or four months or three months or whatever, you have no rush. And who knows better than how to read your dog than you? Because in my opinion, and this is my opinion, I don't force fetch a dog at an early age. I let my dog have its first year. Remember we talked Mm -hmm. about that? Yeah. And then I let it learn to love to hunt. So now it's it had its first year and, to yeah, be and a it's puppy. Already,
0: and it's already learned to learn as it's well. Learned to yeah. learn as well.
1: So now that dog's a year and a half, two years old or what have you. It loves to hunt. It's got the drive in it. Now we're not going to take any of that out with force fetch. Now we're, we're in a whole different arena now. But that dog's mm-hmm. already had that or that, that puppy's already had that. So you can take as much time as you want. And, and like I said, who knows better to your dog's reaction? You've had a year and a half with your dog. You've trained it to do a lot of things. Yeah, you should kind of know how to read your dog by now, Hopefully, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you're training force fetch, you don't you can t- take it to a level that that you know your dog com- will comply and is not comfortable mm-hmm. with, and know it's setting on its e collar if you're going to use that and all all that stuff. Much easier than just sending it to to somebody who wants to get it done yeah. in two months yeah. time or show progress in three weeks time, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just tossing that out there.
0: Is there um, so that that actually has me asking the question? Is there an advantage or disadvantage to, uh, say you have, you, you have somebody that, you know, you trust, you've seen them do the work and you're like, you know, I'm just going to have them do it. Is, is there any sort of a, like history of dogs that will go through the force fetch with somebody, but then that's the, they won't like, it takes time for them to do it for their actual owner. Because they didn't go through it with them.
1: Actually, the, the question's deeper than that. And that's a great question. Um, and the answer to that is maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. If yeah, obviously,
0: again, it's every dog is different. Yeah, yep. but, <laughs> and, and every
1: owner and trainer is different. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're going through, and I can tell you, every single dog, everyone that I have force fetch loves me at the end of the force fetch. Mm -hmm. absolutely loves me we bond way closer than if we hadn't force fetch because by the time we're done we've worked through sessions the dogs learn to comply i've been real positive at the Mm -hmm. end of it and the dog gets to now retrieve birds hunt guide test do all kinds of stuff you know at the end of the force fetch every dog that i've worked with falls in love with me and and there's a, a thing In the book about a, a dog that I had, and it was, I won't go into it because we've got too much to go, but anyhow, it was a dog that was eating birds when I got it, bit me by bit me in my hand. I may have told this story before, and uh, it was just a hard headed, mean <laughs> son of a gun. By the time we were done with force fetch, it was my best friend, loved me, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, doing it right and taking your time, no matter how long you go, how long it takes. Let me throw something in here. Sorry, I, I think of things as we go. The one thing I will say is when you're taking your time, don't stop for a long period of time and think you can continue on. You want to oh, yeah. be mm-hmm. continuous with your training. So if it's going to take four months, five months, that's fine. But don't go two months and stop for two months and come right back and think you're going to move on. That's too yeah. hard on the yeah. dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're going in a method that your dog's understanding and you're doing the domino effect and you're going through force fetch, at the end you actually have a stronger bond that in in my opinion than you would have ever had before Mm. but if you're not good at reading your dog and you don't do it continuously like the domino effect and you start messing up and putting too much pressure on the dog and things of that nature now you can get a dog that doesn't like you maybe as much because of what transpired in force fetch Mm. so for those people Sometimes it, and I know there's a lot of people out there that will not, they, they'll they tell you right off the bat, they're good trainers. They, they could be even professional trainers or they could be um, owners that have trained many dogs. They'll say right off the top of their mm-hmm. head, I won't force fetch my dog. I've tried it and I've screwed too many dogs up and I've done it wrong. And I send my dog out to be force fetched. I just don't risk it. So those people mm. who might not have the patience and the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. to
1: to relax and walk the dog through it in a, in a manner that's positive that's um, positive and slow, they may be better, better off working with somebody. Um, I like, again, the trainers that I send my people to now for force fetch, and when I was doing it with, with people, I mean, I did take some dogs in way, way back, but I like working with the person and with the dog. Mm-hmm. So same thing with force fetch. But, yes, to answer your question, on some folks it's better to send it out. Most of the time, I would say it's not. Yep. Um, yep. So, okay. okay. Cool. So we have the dog now towards holding the item. Now we have to get the dog to reach and take the item. And we need to get the dog to feel uncomfortable. On whatever it takes to make that dog feel uncomfortable enough to where taking the item is more comfortable than not taking the item. Yeah. Okay? And that could be uh, a massage on the ear. It could be a, a pinch collar. For me, most of the time, because my dog's already e-collar trained and it knows how to shut the e-collar off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will go to the e-collar and what I will do, will I will put the control in my hand and I hold the collar of the dog. So I've got, if you can put, I, sl- I slip my left hand under the collar and I have the control on the collar and in my left hand, I have my thumb on the button. So I've got control of the dog's neck, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have the item in my right hand and I go back to the beginning. I don't just try to have the dog reach out and take the item. I go back. I Hit the stimulation, which is a very low stimulation, just enough yep. to make the dog yep. uncomfortable. And as I hit it, I put the dog back, I roll it on a slip and put the item in the dog's mouth, the wooden dell, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the dog feels uncomfortable, the item goes in its mouth and it turns it off. It learns to turn it off, right? Yeah. yeah. So, which I,
0: if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to the episode on e-callers yep. where we dive into that. That's. For In this instance, that's fundamental to what George is talking about. So if you don't know, stop listening, go listen to another episode, and then come
1: back. Good, 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 good. Well said, well said. So and the same thing, if the dog drops it, I'm going to start the e-collar, turn it on, and put that dial right back in the dog's mouth, right, and turn it off. So the dog will get in a very short period of time that it can turn off the e-collar, i have that item in its mouth mm-hmm. and then i'll just put it right like a, two inches in front of its in front of its muzzle and i will press the e-collar and give the hold command and kind of sometimes push it because i've got the, my hand on their collar right yeah kind of push your head towards it and as soon as it reaches and takes that item i turn it off and again as soon as it takes that item good boy good girl oh good boy maybe a pet on the back of the head hold mm-hmm. good boy <coughs> excuse me i'm gonna take a drink of water here
0: so a question a, a question that's coming up in my head with that is, are you then expecting them to hold it for at least a decent chunk of time so it really isn't like the next step up from just the hold? Or are you, are you pretty quickly go ahead and, you know, having them give it back to you?
1: Once, before we get to the e-collar, <coughs> excuse me, they should be holding that thing for however long. Yeah. Two, yeah. three, four, five minutes before we get to the e-collar to the take. Okay. So having them take the having them get the item in their mouth with their e-collar. Once it's in their mouth and you say hold, the e-collar's turned off. They should hold forever. Okay. That okay. Okay. Um so once I get them reaching just a couple inches with the e-collar, then I just stretch it out, you know, to six mm-hmm. inches, a foot or what have you. And I just hit the e-collar and say, Hold on them, reach out and grab it. And then I put it out there and say, Hold without the e-collar. I still have a hold of the e-collar. I still have a hold of their collar with my control and everything. And after you've done that in a session or two, they'll just reach out and take it. Just like any other e-collar training, mm-hmm. they know if I do this, the e-collar does not come on. Right? Do you yeah. follow me? If it doesn't, then I hit the e-caller and have them hold it. And so what will happen is they'll start anticipating that the e-caller is going to turn on if they don't reach out and take it. And and so they'll reach out on their own and take it. That's when you want to load on the praise. That's when you want to give a good treat. You want mm-hmm. them, there wants to be a significant difference between I'm giving you pressure, some uncomfortableness to make you take this item. But when you take this item... The world's a great place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So you want a distinct difference there so that the puppy, the dog knows that and that'll make fetch go much, much easier. Then once they start doing that, I just start reaching it out and then I have a, I have a wooden dell that has a um, wooden squares on the end of it where I can set it on the ground so the dog can pick it up and I set it on the ground, have the dog pick it up and then start just setting it out farther and farther. Okay? Mm-hmm. So now I got the dog... Reaching out, grabbing it. I got the dog holding it to start with with my hands on it. I got the dog holding it with my hands off of it, just sitting there. I get the dog to reach out and take the item. And whatever method that makes your dog feel uncomfortable enough to take the item is is what it wants to do to get mm-hmm. rid of that uncomfortableness. After I get it reaching out, I I slowly go to the floor. So reach down picks it up off the ground. And then I'll set the I'll set the item out a few feet away from the dog so it has to walk and get the item. Okay, And many times I will add my fetch command in there. I'll say fetch, because remember, fetch means go out and get something. It's yep, been doing that yep. all its life, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll reach out, set the item two, three, four, five feet in front of it, and say fetch. The dog goes out. As it reaches down to pick it up, I say hold. It picks it up, hold. And then I'll just have it hold it right there and, and pet it. So I'm just reaching out just a couple of feet. Just mm-hmm. want it to take a couple of steps. Is that making yeah. sense to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And,
0: I'm, and I'm assuming that this is probably the same as with the hold, it's, you know, shorter sessions, doing this, you know, every, you know, kind of every day, every other day, you know, again, just those short sessions and not progressing too quickly. Yes,
1: through it. yes. I do yeah. short sessions and uh, I want to do them a few times a week at least. Yeah, at least. yeah, yeah. Um, so now I have the dog taking a couple steps to pick it up off the ground. Okay. So we've got the dog. It knows it knows fetch already from going out when it was, when it was, a, mm-hmm. yeah, and it also knows how to heal already. Remember, we've already been through the heel. We talked about heal. That was our, our first thing when we got, when we were done with the first year, we went to heal, yep. right? So my dogs already know to heal by the time I get to force fetch. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach the dog to walk with the item. So we start it with hold. We start with hold with our hands off for an you know, indefinite mm-hmm. period of time. then we went to the reach, then we went to taking it off the floor, then we went to taking a couple steps and picking it off the floor.
0: Yeah. Okay? So
1: all progressing in a way that the dog understands, right? Mm -hmm. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick the item in the dog's mouth and I'm going to tell it to hold. Okay? And uh, hold is kind of my force fetch command and and I'm going to just throw this out way in advance because we're going to get to it so that people are going, well, why is he doing that command and this command? Later on... When I tie force fetch together towards the end, remember that we taught the dog go out meant fetch to go out and get something. We said mm-hmm. fetch every yep. time, right? Yep. So then the dog knows that. Now we're teaching the dog to hold an item no matter what, it holds it till whenever. Mm-hmm. We also, by now, should have a very good recall command. Your dog should be recalling really well by now. Yeah. We even went into advanced recall, right? Mm-hmm. Remember? So if I tell, if I have. A fetch command that the dog knows to get out and grab something, and I have a hold command which means the dog holds on to it no matter what, and I have a recall command. Now I throw those three commands together. Remember, we we're talking about putting commands together for mm-hmm. force fetch. Yep. And I and so now I know when the dog's finished or get towards the end, and I say fetch, the dog goes out, picks up the item. I say hold, the dog holds it, and I say hold, come, hold, come. The dog has a good recall command, comes back holding the item. My force fetch is easy. Yeah. All those yeah. commands roll into one another. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm just throwing that out in case people are wondering, well, why is he using hold? Why is he using fetch? This is confusing me. It's not confusing the dog because that puppy's had fetch pretty much its whole life to go yeah. and get something. Now we're teaching it hold and it already knows it's recall command. Okay? So I have to get it to be able to hold the item when it's walking. Because that's a different process now, right? Like I said, coming, yeah. coming from mm-hmm. the table to the floor is a change. Now, coming from standing still to walking and walking around is a change. So what I do is I, I give the do- item to my dog. I pull it up alongside of me, and I'll say, whoa. And then I'll say, hold. And the dog will usually reach out and take the item, mm-hmm. okay? And I'll say, hold. And then I'll say, heal. And as we start to walk, I'll say, heal, hold. This is where most of the time the pup will drop the, the item for sure nadel mm-hmm. because it's it's, it's going to walk so it's like spit this out and let's go do something right yeah so i like doing the heel because the the dog is right next to me and i'm i'm prepared so as soon as that dog drops that item i hit my stimulation whatever it be Pulling on a collar, pulling on a prong, grabbing mm-hmm. it and dropping by the ear, using a knee collar, whatever whatever I I'm used to make my dog feel uncomfortable. I'm going to do it right then when it's alongside of me, and I'm going to say no as I pick the item up because no, you're not supposed to drop it. Hold, and I stick it in its mouth, and I say heel, and I get him moving. And do you remember early on when I said when they pick up a bird, I like to have the I like to have the lead on them because. I can get them moving and they won't eat and spit out the bird or chew the bird when mm-hmm. the pup's moving. So the dog's used to me moving with it, holding something already, yeah. which yeah. was the bird when it was a young puppy. So I start them and I say, no, hold, I put it back in its mouth and I go, heal, and we start moving. And I go, hold, well, it knows what hold means, right? Mm-hmm. So I say, hold, heal, hold, heal. As we're walking around, I'm showing the dog what I want it to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm making it understand. I want you to walk with me at heel, and I want you to hold at the same time. And then I praise it. Good boy, good girl. Hold, heel. And then I say, whoa. I pet it. Good boy, good girl. Heel, hold, and we start walking again. When I stop many times after I get the dog doing this, we'll stop. I'll go, whoa, good boy, good girl. Pull out a treat. Give, hand him the treat or her. Lots of praise. Maybe mm-hmm. do it a couple more times. We're good. You just do that, and you elongate, you elongate it to where you can stick an item in your dog's mouth. My my pups, they'll hold it for 15 minutes. We're going on a walk. I tell them to hold. If we're going on a walk for 15 minutes, they'll hold it for 15 minutes because yeah. I told yeah. them to hold. So that now has got the dog to where it's walking with the wooden dowel at this point mm-hmm. in its mouth, and it learns to walk with the item. Okay? Yeah. So it all makes sense. Again, teaching it to hold, teaching it to reach teaching to take a step and grab it, teaching it to walk with the item, okay? Mm-hmm. All that domino effect, right? Yep. Now I need to teach the dog to come to me with an item. So I'm going to put it on whoa, and I'm going to have the dog hold it. And I remember a long time ago, I so said woe is my foundational command, mm-hmm. right? So I'm starting force, force fetch. I'm sitting down next to it, and I have my dog standing next to me. I say whoa, and I start my force fetch. Now I'm getting into woe again, makes it easier. That foundational woe, I can have control wherever I want. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna woe the dog. I'm gonna put the give it its dowel. I'm gonna say hold. It's gonna hold the dog. It's gonna hold the dowel. It's already walked with it, right? hmm So I'm mm-hmm. gonna step back just a few feet, maybe five feet, and I'm gonna say, My recall command has come. Yours might be here, whatever. I'm gonna say, come, hold. And a lot of times the dog will drop it right there. That's why I'm only a couple of feet away. And yeah, it's,
0: so it's that easy, quick correction. You don't give them the space to forget, it, like, wait, what was I supposed to do? Yeah,
1: or you're not giving the correction at the wrong time. You want to give a correction yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, yes. sometimes moments make a difference. You want that dog to understand mm-hmm. why you're giving it a correction. So mm-hmm. if it drops, and most of the time here, a lot of times, if you've done the heel well, it doesn't drop it. But if it's going to drop it, it's going to drop it when you start healing. It's going to stop it drop it when you, when you call to it because it's a... It's a transformation of something and the dog will just spit it out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So I'll put it right back in the dog's mouth, It doesn't I say no, hold, come and get it to come with me holding come to me while it's holding the item. Then I just stretch that out further and further, five feet, seven feet, ten feet, twenty feet. And if at any time this is why I like the e-collar to train with, at any time that dog drops it, say I'm twenty feet away and it drops it, mm-hmm. I'm heading towards the dog, but I say no hold, and I hit the e collar, but I'm on my way there. Yeah, now the dog knows that to turn the e collar off, all it's got to do is pick up pick. the item. Yep, yep, most of the time it'll just reach down, pick it up before I can get there. But if I get there, I'm going to put it in there and make them take it and then start mm-hmm. it all over. Okay, I might even back up a little bit if it's dropping it. So as we progress forward, I get the dog to whoa and come to me holding the item. So now think about it. You got the dog to hold. You got it to hold with no hands. You got it to reach. You got it to go down to the ground. You got it to take a couple steps. Then you got it to heal with the item. All progressing to to a, a retrieve in the long run, but all progressing mm-hmm. so the dog understands it. Now you're getting dog, the dog to hold an item and bring it to you. And at the delivery, you give it a great treat. And you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. I have a nice treat at, at my chest. And when the dog gets to me with the item, I go, I go, whoa, good boy, hold, hold, and it's looking up at the treat, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's got its head up at me, and then I reach down and give my give my release command, give, and hand it the treat. Oh, it's like, good boy, good boy, and then mm-hmm. we go do something. So the pup is understanding what to do and what we're doing. Remember I told you force fetch I like to do in, in sections? Yeah. It's just not yeah. one long thing. It not only gives the dog a reason to be happy, it was happy. It it learned to hold the item, and that was part of the process. That was good. Mm -hmm. It learned to reach, and that was part of the process. It learned to heal, that was part of the process, and everything was good when it healed at the end. And it learned to come to you, and when the right is done, and it comes to you, you give it a treat and do it a couple times, you go do something fun. Yeah, yeah. So the pup is learning that this is not that bad of a deal, and it's learning to comply. And it's understanding if I don't comply, there is some pressure that makes me comply. Hence the forced and forced fetch. Yeah, yeah. But that's no different than putting pressure on the dog's rear end to push it down to make it sit down, right? Mm-hmm. Or picking a dog up that hasn't wowed and taking it back and putting it back in its place. Or pulling on a lead to make it heal. There's pressure there too. Forced fetch, forced fetch is also the same way in training. Only you have to put those pressures in different areas at different times. But you make sure that when you finish that area, it's all positive and you've given the dog mm-hmm. great praise and something to believe that, oh, hey, I accomplished something this time.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Well, not just that, but I, I think there also is one of the things that I, I really like about how you do things and talk about things is letting the dog know that you are pleased with it. Mm hmm. Um, And especially with hunting dogs that, man, they are just, they're just bred to to please people. I mean, they're, that's, that's part of what's like hardwired into them for the most part. And, and so to be able to connect with them in that way, I think just, man, it's, it's so helpful long
1: run. And, and, and if you followed us in the podcast or read the book, it flows right with everything else. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember what the, quote is in the in, the, in the front of my book but it's something like creating a stronger bond with your hunting companion something like that right yeah, yeah. and that's all mm-hmm. you're doing here is you're i am happy this none of this is phony when the dog is taking it i am happy right <laughs> yeah, when it's coming yeah. to me with it i am happy and i'm showing it and the dog mm-hmm. if it's learned to learn like we talked it's happy because it's like oh cool all right we're doing this as a team and we're moving forward um. So that's if we've gotten to this part of force fetch, you're you've gotten through a lot of force fetch. I don't know where we're at on time. I'll keep rocking and rolling here. If
0: uh, yeah, I I think let's just keep going on this. Okay.
1: Okay. So now you've got the dog healing with the item, and you've got the dog coming to you with the item, right? And mm-hmm. this is a wooden dowel now, still right? So now the dog knows to walk with it, and it knows to bring it back to you, and it knows the whole command. It should know the fetch command, kind of, and mm-hmm. it should know its recall command for sure. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So now what I do is I take that item, and this is a, a this is a wooden doll that's got uh, square discs on the side, so it stands like three or four inches off the off the ground. And I walk out, and I put it only about five to seven, eight feet out in front of it. I put my dog on woe again, mm-hmm. put it out in front of it and reach back and go back to dog, give it a pet, and say, fetch, and put my hand straight out in like an outward motion. Now, if you remember, when we were talking about when the dog goes to get a bird when we shoot it i i said put your hand out in the forward motion like fetch put it out Mm -hmm. we're walking the field i said this way you put your hand straight out left or right yeah when it goes outside of the house i go out i use my hand so the dog knows that motion means to go in that direction already we've Mm -hmm. been doing that since it was a puppy process
0: of osmosis right yep
1: yep (laughs) it's just learning it as you go so i take my hand and i reach out and point it towards, towards the item. And I say, fetch, and the dog starts going out. And when it Mm -hmm. picks it up, I say, hold, come, hold, come. This is why I was talking to you at the beginning of, of this. I say, hold, come, hold, come as my dog's coming back to me. Hold, come, hold, come. Good boy. Hold, come. Then it gets to me, got the treat in my hand, give, and I take it away. Good boy, good boy, good girl. Mm-hmm. So now we've got the retrieve started, right? We've got it going out and coming in. A little thing that I'll add if I have a dog that's doing really well or towards the end of my fourth fetch is the dog knows what hold means. So after I have it going out and bringing back the item to me, the wooden doll to me, well, what I'll do is I'll have, the, I'll have the dog come all the way to me and I'll have the treat at my chest and I'll look at it and I'll say, hold. And I'll put my left hand under the dog's chin. Like I'm going to take the bird.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I, when I, as I'm reaching down, I'm going to go hold, hold, and I'm going to put my hand under the dog's chin. If it gives me the bird, I'm going to put it back on its mouth and say, no, hold, tap it under its thing, under its chin. I'm going to say, hold, and I'm going to put my hand. Now, this is more advanced. This is after the dog's doing well, bringing back that item. We've got it going yeah. out, bringing yeah. back the item, getting a treat. Going out, bringing back the item, getting a treat. We've done that a couple sessions, and we go out and play and have fun. Everything's working really well in force fetch at this, at this point, the mm-hmm. dogs, the dogs, that Dal knows it, picks it up and knows how to comply. It knows how to turn off the e-collar, whatever you're using for uncomfortableness and it's rocking it. Right. So now when it gets back to me, I will say, hold, put my hand underneath its chin and continue to say, hold, hold. If it, if it releases the bird, I put it back in its mouth and make it hold while my hand, my left hand is under its chin and my right hand is holding the treat and my chest. Mm -hmm. Then I'll pick my left hand back up to my chest and I'll put it back underneath and I'll go hold, hold, hold. And the dog will understand that it has to hold until I give the release command. Even while I'm saying, even while I'm holding that treat and I put my hand underneath there, I'm saying hold, hold, hold. I do this in my clinics all the time and they're just like, oh, wow, that was cool. And then I put my hand back up up at my chest and then I'll put it underneath and I'll go hold, hold, hold give and the dog will drop the bird or whatever in mm-hmm. my hand at this point it's a wooden doll what that does is it teaches the dog to not anticipate the release yeah so some dogs as you reach your hand down they spit out the thing they think it's over right yeah.
0: well and especially i feel like out in the field they're like i want to go find another bird like yes <laughs> like let me get this thing out of my mouth so i can go get another yeah one.
1: <laughs> and that's really good i'm gonna give you a little test tip remember to give you the test tip here um uh, so what I'm doing there is, 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 uh, teaching my dog that you don't give it to me until I, until I give you the command to release it. Yeah. Whether I yeah. put my hand there down and I might do that twice one time. I might not do it at all another time. I might do it three times. Do you know what I mean? Put my hand underneath, mm-hmm. hold, hold, yep. hold. And the dog just learns to wait, have patience until you give that release command, drop, give, whatever it is. And then it gets its treat and it gets a whole bunch of praise. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Well,
0: and that, and that also sounds like that's it's probably another one of those of learning to learn where it's helping with impulse control which yes. i'm sure translates into yes i mean let's be real it's almost all dog training feels a bit like impulse control
1: yeah it's well i would i i usually say it's teaching them patience yeah yeah. So you're teaching mm-hmm. them some patience. Don't, don't just do. you got to have some patience. Yep. Steadiness yep. is patience. This time, is patience.
0: Timing is important. It's not just about can you do it. It's can you do it at the right
1: time. Yes. Yes. So learn some patience, and that's, that's what this is doing. So the test tip. So before I release my dog during training many times to go, to go retrieve a bird, I'll walk up and I pet it from its shoulders back. Okay, birds on the ground. And so I'll pet it from the shoulder's back, and I'll go, whoa, good boy, good girl. And I'll pet it, pet it a few times, and then I'll tap it on its head or give my straight-out fetch command with my arm, fetch. And the dog goes and does that. I do that a lot during training. I also do this putting it under its hand, under its chin, making it hold for a second till release command, um, and then release it after I've done that a couple times, many times, right? So now I'm in a Mm -hmm. test, right? And my dog goes on point. First bird, right? Uh, Gunner shoot the bird. I walk over to my dog. Everybody thinks I'm going to tap the dog on the head or give it the fetch command, as my dog does. And what do I do? Mm-hmm. I don't say anything. I just reach down and start petting it on its back, from its back. Good boy. Good boy. Mm. Fetch. So what I'm telling the dog is, don't just, this is no other, this is no different than any other day. You have yep, to wait yep. till I tell you, because the dog can feel the test situation. It can feel the pressure. Yeah. So, with,
0: so, you know, additional people and yep. everybody staring. Yep, yeah. yeah yep. Absolutely.
1: So I walk over there and I pet that dog on that first bird for a few pets, let it calm down a little bit and tell it to fetch. Now, if I pet it and it takes off, what do you think I do? I say fetch <laughs> as soon as it takes <laughs> yeah. off. Cause I don't uh-huh. want to get dinged on not telling it to say fetch, right? So if I see that dog take off, I say fetch. But I want if I can, I want to calm it down for a yeah. second and yeah. then say fetch. Same thing on the retrieve. When it when it when it brings that retrieve back to me and I reach my hand underneath it, I might, if it doesn't if it doesn't take it, I might take my hand back and go, Good boy, good girl, and put my hand back underneath it and say give. So again, Mm -hmm. it knows, okay, patience today too, right? Yeah. Um, Now you've got to be a little careful there because if it drops it, you can cost yourself something. But I I, remember what I said in testing that if you improve during the test, you usually get the higher score. If you go down, so if it mm-hmm. drops it on that first bird after I put my hand underneath and taken it away and put it underneath and then asked it to, to release it, I'll take that little bit of a ding on that first bird because now the rest of the birds, I'm going to take it right away and its score will improve and it will it will have learned that I'm going to make you have some yeah. patience yeah. today too. Okay, do you, so, think,
0: do you think that that tip also, it sort of relates back to when we talked about the NA test that you kind of reset your dog after each bird contact with giving it some water and you know turning it around do you think that you think it maybe helps them like like reset a little bit in that way too it, it
1: does but it's more the reset is to get them to calm down and and they're all wired up yeah this is to let them know because because many dogs in a test if you get 70 80 percent of your dog in a test situation you're doing well many dogs feel the pressure they feel your anxiety right they feel the judges yeah This is letting them know up front this is no different than any other day. Training. Mm. Calm down. We're okay. And I'm going to sit here and make you do the same thing here as I do any other place. Now, I won't. I won't sit there and give a bunch of commands. But to the dog's mind, it's a calming effect on that first bird. It's like
0: helps bring a sense of familiarity to it. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know what I'm doing. We're doing the same thing. Right? Okay. So now I've got the dog going out, picking up the the dowel right and bringing it back to me with the fetch command i'm done with the dowel at this point i've now got the dog to hold i've got it to reach i've got it to step out and pick it up off the ground i've got it to heal with it i've got it Mm -hmm. to roll and come to me i've got it to go out pick the item up and come to me and i've got it to hold it while i put my hand under its mouth we are done with the dowel that's good the dog's done now I go back and I do the exact same thing with the PVC pipe. I start completely at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I put it in the dog's mouth. If the dog reaches and takes it when I as I'm reaching to it, good. A lot of times the dogs most of the time the dog do.
0: Yeah, because it's it's not a it's just a different item but the same action.
1: Yes. But once they get it in its mouth, they once they, they get the item in their mouth, they feel that cold, plastic, hard, mm-hmm. doesn't feel so good. They may spit it out now when they get to, to the PVC pipe, but you've got to do the same enforcement as you did with the dowel. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go through the same steps. We're going to have it hold. We're going to have it reach, and this might take a few minutes or it might take a few sessions because we might have to tell the dog or you know make the dog feel uncomfortable to comply. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get it to do all those same exact steps, and this is where people mess up. They got the dowel working or they got so far, and then they jump to a bird too soon, and now the dog doesn't comply. Or it doesn't hold the whole time. Well, what mm-hmm. has happened is the dog hasn't it hasn't been repetition creates an automatic response. Yeah, it hasn't been ingrained into its into its mind and into its memory. Doesn't matter what the item is. Yeah, it could be a PVC pipe. It could be a it could be a bottle of water. Doesn't matter. It has to hold. Has to pick it up. and has to release it when you say to to mm-hmm. release it. One of the things I do a lot of my clinics is I will. When I'm dealing with one of my dogs doing a demonstration, I'll you know, have him hold and retrieve and do all that stuff, and then the dog will be sitting there, and I'll grab a water bottle, and I'll say, your dog your dog should hold anything that you you tell it to, and I'll reach the bottle, and I'll say, fetch, and my dog will reach over and I'll grab the bottle and I'll say, hold, and I'll start talking, and I'll be holding the bottle, and I'll just talk, and he'll stand there with the bottle and reach down, and I'll say, give, and, I, and I'll go, I'll go, <laughs> doesn't matter what item. It could be your wallet. And I reach my back pocket and I, I go, oh, I forgot my wallet. And I'll look at the front of everybody and I go, anybody got a wallet? And usually about three or four guys will hand me their wallet. <laughs> you know, and I'll just I'll pick it up and stick it in my back pocket and go, thanks. <laughs> it's, but then I'll take the, my wallet and put it in the dog's mouth and say, hold and it'll hold the wallet. Um, yeah. So yeah. it shouldn't matter what it is, but it, it will matter if you haven't completed the process by showing it that it has to do that with a wooden dowel. Yeah. Then it has to do it with a cold plastic hard PVC pipe. Mm-hmm. Then it has to do it with a paint roller, which is soft and fuzzy against its tongue. Yeah. Right. And then when we're done with that, then we go to the bumper. And I do not, I like playing with the bumper for fun out in the field. And I like having my dog go out to get a bird out in the field when it's shot mm-hmm. and even tossing the bird for fun before I do force fetch. So that's why I said at the beginning of this, you can still be doing all of that stuff with your bumper and your birds. Yeah. But but now your dog knows and you've done all the uncomfortableness and the pressure with innate items. You've done it with a...
0: Yeah, with something a, that they don't associate as fun. Uh,
1: they don't even associate it with field work at all. They don't associate it with hunting, working yeah, in the yeah. field mm-hmm. at all. This is something we've done at home and it's a wooden thing and it's a plastic thing and it's a fuzzy whatever. So now you bring the bumper in. Now they're going to start associating this with, oh, now this, this entails in fun time and in maybe in the field. So now you have to do the same thing with bumper. You have to have them hold. You have to have them reach. You have to have them fetch. You have to have them heal with it. Mm-hmm. Do the, all the same things with the bumper. Hey, we're getting through force fetch pretty good here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we are, actually. Um, so now I introduce the bumper. Now let me tell you that when I'm dealing with... Force fetch and i tell my my dogs to fetch and they come back and i say come hold by the way i say come hold come hold at the beginning later on i just say come hold come hold and if they look like they're going someplace i'll say come hold and then i start dropping that repetition creates an automatic mm-hmm. response yeah when they get more seasoned you say fetch you don't say a word because they've done it so much they go out pick yeah, it up they, and come yeah
0: they up. know that that means pick it up hold it and bring it come back. back
1: but if you see them look at another dog or something else turn away to look go away or something else gets their attention you go no Mm -hmm. come come hold and they'll go oh okay and they come back to you and hold it so you can't enforce that right so now you do it with a bumper okay um and at this point i do what's called the pile so now i have the dog it's learned to retrieve and hold the wooden dowel the pvc pipe the paint roller and now the bumper Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'll do is I'll take a couple items and I'll throw them out. Usually, I start with two. I'll start with either the paint roller. By the way, my plastic PVC pipe, I'm using PVC, but I have, I don't even know what the name of it. You can buy them. I have a retriever training plastic thing that is basically made of PVC. It's brown and green, and the ends of it are are bigger they're round and bigger so that the so that the dog can pick it up easier. oh yeah yeah. It's, like, it's,
0: same it's, idea as having the wood blocks on yes, the end of the dowel yes, so that yep. it's yeah it's just making it easier for your dog to learn
1: yep yep and I, I just buy those they're in my book um and the other thing you can do is do it on the grass where it's kind of puffy on the grass so it's easier to pick mm-hmm, up yeah but i want it easy for the dog to pick up so now what i do is i i put the dog on whoa and i put two items out And you know usually it's a wooden dowel and the and the pvc pickup Toy that I have for mm-hmm. them or training apparatus, and I tell them fetch. When when they go out there, they're going to be a little confused because they're going to be two items there. And the dog many times will go on kind of looking. You'll just go fetch, fetch, and the dog will reach down and go hold. it Doesn't matter which one it picks up. Yeah. As soon as it picks it up, you go hold. Good boy, come hold, or good girl, and it mm-hmm. comes back to you. As soon as it get back to you, you don't give it a treat. You take it, put it in the heel position. Whoa. We'll, Fetch, send it out for the second item. Yeah. When it yeah. gets back to you with that item, you give it a treat and turn on the praise. Good boy, good girl, right? Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. that a couple times, then I do three items. Then I do four items. And now I've got the dog where I can toss out, and then I start tossing out. I'll make put on woe, and I'll toss out all the items. So now I've got the dog where I can put it on woe. I throw out four items, and I tell the dog, fetch. It goes out. doesn't matter what item. It brings whatever one out of the four. Brings that one back, no treat. Good boy. Reset it, fetch, goes back, gets the second item, comes back, good boy, good girl. Reset it, send it out for the third item, good boy, good girl. Mm-hmm. Send it for the fourth item, comes back, it's got a great treat in my hand. Hold, 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 put my hand under his chin, hold, give, way to go, good boy, good girl, yeah, yeah. I'm so proud of you, now let's go do whatever. Let's go swimming if you like to swim, let's mm-hmm. go run in the field, let's go roughhouse. Now, one CK loves to play with the bumper. Yeah. He loves to play with the bumper. That's his thing. I can fling a bumper and he'll grab it and he'll run around and shake his head and jump and run around. And people are going to go, wait a second. That's, he's not supposed to do that. Well, my dog knows the difference. If I say fetch and that dog goes to get that and he grabs it and I say, hold, come. He's going to bring that thing straight back to me. But now when it's plain, even if we're doing the pile and we're done... I'll grab a bumper and I won't say, I'll just whirl it around in my hand for a while and I'll just throw it out and go, go get it. And I'll throw that thing out and he'll go yeah, get it and he'll yeah. run around and I'll whack him on his butt when he comes by and come here, okay, give and I'll throw it again. So there's a difference. Your, your pup can know the difference of playing if mm-hmm. your dog likes to do that. Um, now that I've got the all the stuff done with the pile, with all the items that I've talked about, mm-hmm. now sometimes I'll put a wing, I'll take a wire ties and I'll put it on a bumper. And I'll do it with the, well, I'll do the bumper. I'll have the dog hold it. I'll have the dog heel with it. I'll have the dog go get it, whoa, and bring it to me. And then I'll throw that bumper out. And now it's going to go out and it's going to pick up an item that has a feel of a bird. It has the feathers on the bumper. Yeah, yeah. And if I have to make it comply, I will make it comply then. Once it's got that down, now I'm going to a bird that's almost completely frozen. So that bird will be fairly hard so the dog doesn't mouth it or munch on it or anything like that. So now I'm going to a bird. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, an old training saying that says, the harder the object, the softer the mouth. The softer the object, the harder the mouth. And What that means is if it's a hard object, the dog usually won't get a hard mouth because it will hold it nicely. Um, so I will go to a pretty much frozen frozen bird people don't see how cool that was huh so, uh, <laughs> yeah. coda comes up and she wants pet, and i put her on the head and tap her on the head and then i put my, i give her a hand signal to lay down she lays right down so yep so <laughs> she's deaf so that's anyhow um uh where else i add? sorry coda interrupted me heart, so oh hard object soft mouth yeah so if i do a frozen bird they're not going to mouth that because it's it's pretty hard right mm-hmm. and um so i start with a bird that's almost completely frozen and some dogs don't like frozen birds and that's okay it's actually kind of good because if they don't pick up that frozen bird we're going to implement our force fetch right there Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what the item is whether it's a duck that you hate or a chucker that you love you have to pick it up and bring it back right so I start with a I start with a frozen bird then I go to a half frozen bird as we play and then I go to a, a bird that's just recently shot a fresh bird Mm-hmm. And at the end of each delivery, sometimes I even will cook a tri-tip and cut up steak. And Bruce Collette and I have a friend that I trained with. We were always cooking tri-tip at this point to to get our dog to run back with that item to get mm-hmm. that piece of steak. Yeah. Um, we did that so that it would be very positive at the delivery and very positive at the end of the force fetch session, right? And session, did I say that right? Okay. Um, so now I've got it doing it with the bird, right? Now I'm going to go out and remember our steadiness training, where I we flushed the bird and we had the dog on woe, and then we shot and had the dog on woe, and then we tossed a dead bird and had the dog fetch or sh- sh- shot a bird. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to take my dog and put it on point and tell it to fetch a bird and implement force, force fetch. I'm going to take it out the field, put it on woe. I might flush a couple birds and then flush one and shoot it keep it on woe and then tell it to fetch mm-hmm. and right there is where i'm going to implement it if i have to i'm going to correct things not when it's hunting and pointing a bird where it's under yeah. that pressure i'm going to correct it where it's under a controlled environment sitting there mm-hmm. standing on woe you usually shouldn't have to by this point your dog already knows but there's a chance you might have to if it doesn't pick up the bird you do whatever stimulation it was that you made it to uncomfortable enough to pick it up, you get it doing it with the bird. Once you get it doing that, fine. Time to go hunt your dog. You're done with force fetch. And uh, your dog will be an amazing retriever. If there's any Mm -hmm. problems during the retrieve, if you say, remember we said, no, hold, come, hold, come. You do that command and the dog will know what to do every time. If there's any time that it stops doing it, backtrack now. Yeah, yeah. I've never had that problem, I'm a knock on wood. I'm a knock on wood. I haven't had that problem because I take it real slowly, and I make sure the dog understands, and I try to be real positive all the way through. So by the end of my force fetch, there's been a lot of positive, mm-hmm. as well as a learning experience, as well as the pressure. But the dog is now like, okay, I got this. Let's go get some birds. I got this. And I make it real positive when they bring birds back to me, and it's like, all right, buddy, we're on. And my dogs mm-hmm. bond actually closer to me because they realize, yeah, you're the boss, you're the quarterback. But the reason you taught me this is so we can do a whole lot more in the field and have a whole lot more fun hunting and guiding and doing this and that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so from then forward, you've got you got a you've got a, a good retriever. Um, mm-hmm. God, I can't believe we got through that. I hope I didn't talk too fast for everyone.
0: Uh, no, I I think it was I think it was good. I think because it was. Just a lot of information that's really good. I think I think we're gonna keep this as just one episode because okay. it's yeah, it's too hard to break it up. I think it's important to hear all that stuff together. Okay. Um, but yeah, any any last any last yeah, thoughts or I anything that, that's I coming would, to mind?
1: I would say a couple of things. One is um, make sure you understand the entire process before you do the process. Okay, don't try yeah, to yeah. learn as you go. With this, Yeah,
0: don't so, read step one and then do step one. Yeah, I would
1: say if you don't have the book, grab the book, read that whole chapter. You might even pop into my YouTube channel and look at that. And you can look at others, uh, you know, systems too. Um, you know, try to kind of get, get a whole feel for the, for the process in your mind by reading about it and watching it and then do it. Okay, number one. Don't yeah, don't yeah. don't guess at it while you're doing it. Understand that process. And I think I break it down really well in the book. Um so understand yeah, and that I pro- I would
0: agree with that. I think the, the book I mean it's if I'm not mistaken, this is the longest chapter in the book. By far. And I and I think that that's that speaks to you wanting to make sure that people have a good understanding. And I think you do a great job with it. Oh,
1: thanks. Thanks. I'd say that at my clinics when I talk to people about force fetch, I say I'm gonna talk to you about it, but that doesn't mean you know it. Go get a good understanding of it before Mm -hmm. you start it. So that's number one. Number two is, as I mentioned earlier, when you do the force fetch, don't stop it for a while and then start back up too much later and think you can start right over, right where you left off. Don't do that to your dog. If you do stop, because sometimes life takes over and something happens, just backtrack, just like we did on most of our things. We backtrack. Mm -hmm. Backtrack on this one almost to the beginning or to the beginning. It might go real fast. Put it in the dog's mouth, yep. have them reach, have them pick it up. But again, it's, it's
0: better to make sure that that foundation is there rather than to create a mistake that you're going to have to correct. Yes.
1: Every every person, and there's a lot of them, that gets to me in whatever way, messaging, texting, calling, whatever, that has had a problem with force fetch, every one of them I've had to say go back to the beginning and start over and do this because you missed something somewhere along the line. And once they do that, they go, "Yep, you're right. I went back to the beginning. And my mm-hmm. dog got it, and it's fine." And I get that all the time. I can't tell you how many, how many people have texted me and sent me videos over the years. Of, I mean, I get a lot of them to say, "I had my, I had my, my uh, dog at a trainer, and it came back. Not my trainer told me pick it up, or it came back a whole different dog shut down, and now." Mm-hmm. Now that I've done it myself, my dog is is back to being itself, and I got to complete it because I went through it slowly and went by your by your method. Yeah. Not that my method's any better than anybody else's. I'm not trying to blow my own horn, horn 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 here. What I'm saying is that you can do it. Make sure you know how to do it. Take it slowly. Um, if you stop, go back to the beginning, and uh, do it at your dog's pace. And mm-hmm. you can do this. It's very important to. Make the positive within the process and make short gains felt like a completion so that your your dog yeah. feels yeah. like, okay, I got this part of it. Okay, I got that. And so that there is... A definite positive as well as the pressure that's because there's going to be negative and force fetch. In fact, there has to be negative in force fetch. You have to have your dog drop an item. If somebody tells me my dog's never dropped an item, it's done it perfectly all the way. I'll say then you have to do something harder to make it drop the item, make it walk around mm-hmm. a longer, make it make it fetch because it has to learn that you yep, you're no going to make what. it comply. Right. Yep, right. Yep. Right. So
0: and that would you in a situation like that? Would you maybe suggest using like even more random items or more items than what you prescribed here.
1: That system almost never happens and usually when it does okay, it's okay. because somebody's cut something short. <laughs> yeah. they they think, think they're done exactly, but they're not done. Exactly. But you just toss the item farther or use a different item or whatever. Yeah. What have yeah you. Okay. You know, okay. So okay so that makes um, sense. Um you're gonna you're gonna find 99.9% of the pups are going to give you an opportunity to force the force fetch. Yeah,
0: yeah. very, very few dogs just want to hold something yeah. in their mouth. for yeah. that I long. don't have any
1: of them, so <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I hope people enjoyed um, this. I know it's a long one. I know it sounds complicated. I know I gave you a lot of techniques that are seem very harsh, and they are very harsh. By the way, I will say that I don't use those really harsh techniques that we've talked about mm-hmm. um i have find found that i can get the dog to comply sometimes less is even more sometimes i find that a dog's not complying, and i've gone to the e-collar i've gone to the massage and i go back to something else and it complies so sometimes less is mm. more on the pressure yeah um, yeah
0: that's a good tip right there
1: um and so uh if you want to do it have confidence that you can do it take your time um have a lot of positive as well as the pressure. Read the chapter look at the videos and, and then go for it. Um rather than that, and, and, and again I will say that's if you want to do it. There's a lot of dogs out there that don't need to be force-fetched, and that's up to yeah. you. Yeah, if that's you're
0: you. yeah, if your dog is doing exactly what you already want it to do.
1: To have fun with your dog. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: no. All right. Well, thanks again, George. We appreciate all the time that you give to this and give to people and dogs and all that. it's it's all good uh and remember everybody that you can uh find us at um or find george at the huntinggriff.com mm-hmm. and george yep. and then uh if you have any questions or anything you can email them into uh the tips and tales podcast at gmail.com and uh yeah, don't forget to to subscribe so that hopefully, hopefully it won't be another couple months again before we get another episode, <laughs> but that way the next time an episode comes out, it just pops right up for you. And remember that blessed is the
1: man or oh, woman yeah, who oh spends my goodness, their it's life with long. a bird dog by their side. <laughs> uh, George, you may
0: just have to say it again for everybody.
1: Um, blessed be the man or woman who spend their life with a bird dog by their side, and I totally believe that.
0: Amen. Have fun, folks.